Carl Wazinski here. You're listening to the Rising as One podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Rising as One podcast. We are back after a month-long break. How are you doing, Kyle? Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, the break the break was much needed, I think, for all of us. But, you know, it's good to be back. And we have so much to talk about here today. So we had to get this podcast out. Yeah, this is my first podcast as a married man. Um, we tried to get Mark <laughs> Murray on here, too, who also tied the knot pretty recently. Um, that would have been crazy if two-thirds of the podcast had just gotten married in the last five weeks. But nope, just uh, just me. I hope the puns don't come off even stronger than they did before, but no guarantees. So, what's life been uh, like for you? I, I mean, great. You know, just busy with uh, with work. I'm finishing up my my undergrad at GCU right now online, so busy with all that. And then Thanksgiving last weekend, I had to do uh, Thanksgiving here in Phoenix, and then go out to Queen Creek to see my my girlfriend's family. So it was a it was a full week last week. Right on, right on. Um, well, a lot to cover in this episode, very, not just a full week, but a full month for Phoenix rising as usual, we're winning the off season. Um, but we're going to take things back in timeline order for this episode. The easy move would be to talk about the two signings in the last few days, but we're going to run this thing back. This is our very old, very bad, uh, VCR rewinding right now. And there we are. We're back in October. The season just ended. Um, a couple things that happen right after the season ends. Within two weeks of that unfortunate loss to Monarchs, eight players get announced uh, to return for the 2020 season. We get Jose Aguinaga, actually 11 players. Adam John, Solo Asante, Junior Flemings, uh, Kevin Lambert, Jose Aguinaga, Joey Calistri, Kyle Bjornthen, Austin Ledbetter, Corey Whelan, A.J. Cochran, and Zach Lubin, all announced on the same day within moments of each other. What are your thoughts on all those guys? I, I mean, you know, there's definitely a few surprises. I think both of us, you know, were, were of the mindset that Aguinaga was out. So great to see Jose back. I mean, we all know, you know, there's a, a push to bring back Baccaro, and I'm sure we'll get it done. Rick Schantz was just in Barcelona today. But, um, I mean, these guys, this is the core of this Phoenix Rising squad. And I, I really, you know, there's definitely a few eyebrow raises, eyebrow raises of guys who did come back. But all in all, I think, you know, this is a very solid team. This is a team that I think could easily compete with any team in the USL right now and uh, go out there and, and win. So really, I think, you know, we've not even seen this roster complete, but it's a team that I have complete faith in that, you know, we might not go out and win 20 straight, but I have to think that we're the top two team in the West. Yeah, and it's, you know, any of our rivals, any other teams in the Western Conference that we're hoping to see our offense regress to the mean, that can still happen a little bit. But we're bringing back that three-headed monster up top. We're bringing back Junior Fleming's on the left wing, Solo Asante on the right wing, Adam John in the middle. Uh, and maybe we're going to get more rotation this season. But man, what a luxury it is to have those three guys back, as well as some really good pieces. Um, Aguinaga and Kev Lambert in the midfield just rocks in there. Uh, Corey Whelan, and apparently Corey Whelan's deal, this is courtesy of Joe Lowry, Apparently, Whelan's deal and Adam John's deal are both two-year contracts. Um, so they're going to be members of the Phoenix Rising for of Phoenix Rising for quite some time. I caught myself there. Um, and then nice to see Bjornthen and Ledbetter get signed as well. They're going to be really solid pieces in the back. And I especially am looking forward to seeing Kyle Bjornthen get on the pitch more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, with everything that's happened, it's, you know, absolutely going to be Bjornathan who's getting that spot. 
Um, and I think, you know, it's it's been deserved. And Rick Schantz has talked about it in the offseason. You know, the FC Tucson season was a success. They they may have not made the USL League One playoffs, but they did, you know, bring a lot of players up to the Phoenix Rising first team. And, you know, just to be able to have this development and to move players up and sign them to, you know, their first professional contracts, um, it's a great thing. And I think, you know, both of these players, Ledbetter and Bjornathan, they've earned it. And I'm just excited to see, you know, next year how they can progress because, you know, they've gotten this playoff experience. They've gotten, you know, so much from this team this past year. I really expect them to grow in the 2020 season. No doubt. And, you know, a couple of the names not mentioned there, you know, because these names aren't mentioned, it could bring up some opportunities. Now, Farrell, we ended up getting signed another week later, um, so he's going to be back. We were kind of surprised he wasn't part of the initial announcement, but Amadou Dia, um, not part of that list. It sounds like, per Joseph Lowry, that he could be pursuing MLS contracts. Um, Alessandro Rigi, Mustafa Dumboya, and James Musa all announced on Instagram they would not be returning, and... It's kind of like we were talking about in that off-season preview. There just wasn't enough space for Kevin Lambert and James Musa to both return. There wasn't. And it's really sad because, I mean, Musa, he's, you know, I think, in my opinion, he provided the assist for the goal of the year. And, I mean, he's just done so much for this Phoenix Rising team in the two seasons that he was with us. And even though he wasn't a consistent starter, I still was... 100% confident in his ability when he did get the start and you know when Lambert would be away for weeks at a time on, on national team duty that really is going to be a, a position that when Lambert is gone serving you know for Jamaica I'm really going to be you know maybe a little bit more worried than I would have if we have James Musa but uh, I mean we got to move on I really hope that you know Musa does sign with another USL team hopefully in the Eastern Conference um, I, I don't want to see him regularly in the in the season, but uh, I mean, he's a player who just needs minutes and he absolutely deserves them. No doubt about that. Another, and this could be a big thing if we see Amadou Dia making the leap to MLS next year and then getting playing time on an MLS squad. I mean, we've already seen it with uh, Saad Abdul Salam. Granted, he was only on loan for a few months, but with him, Tristan Blackman again on loan for a few months, but to see one of our guys who was really a part of the fold for several seasons, really one of the core guys for this squad, to make it in MLS, that would be really cool to see. It, it's, it absolutely would. I mean, he would be you know the first Phoenix Rising-owned player who would have worked his way up to the MLS. And I think that says so much. Um, and I, I mean, really, you know, it sucks that Dia is likely not going to be back, but I really, really do hope that he gets his opportunity in, in the first division because I mean, it, this guy's, he's done it all. He's shown the ability. And I think, you know, there's a lot of teams, <clears throat> Cincinnati, who could really use some defense right now. So I, I and, and the LA Galaxy, if he wants to stay on the West coast, but I mean, for Amadou Dia, the, you know, he's still, in his, a point in his career that I think MLS is a possibility. He's not going to be that big marquee signing for a team, but he could come in and easily start in that left back position for a lot of these teams. And I mean, he's, you know, he's just one of those guys that I think he's so dynamic that some teams might not know what they're going to get till they have him, but when they have him, they'll want to hold on to him. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. Um, definitely want to give a few seconds of silence 13 seconds of silence for the Dia gang. Um, let's honor that at this time. And that was about 13 seconds. Thank you, Amadou, for all you did for three full seasons. Was it three full seasons or was it two and a half? I think it was three full seasons, right? No, I think it was three. We've had him. Yeah, he started like 2017 with us. I mean, I think he was late in preseason when he came in, but I believe he's been with us for the for the full three seasons because I believe Frank Yollop brought him in. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, one of the longest tenured players on this squad. I mean, now with Carl Wazinski, who, spoiler alert, is not coming back. He announced his retirement. Um, sorry, this timeline, this time machine that we got, it's just all over the place. <laughs> we're, we're still working on the kinks. But um, 
Dia for a couple moments there was the longest tenured player, and technically he hasn't officially announced anything, but it does seem like he's not going to be returning. Joseph Lowry announced on Twitter that uh, the team did not pick up his option for this year because he's looking for these MLS options. Um, the one guy who still is, you know, his future is unclear, John Beccaro, um he did not have his MLS rights picked up by Toronto, so he was eligible for the MLS redraft, did not get drafted in that. Interestingly, Saad Abdul Salam was picked up in that redraft by FC Cincinnati, one of the teams you mentioned, but uh, Beccaro is out there. Anyone can get him, um, so we're probably the front runners. It's just hard to say what's going to happen there, but I have no doubt that Phoenix's front office, led by Bobby Dooley, is working very hard to get him back. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I actually saw on, I believe it was it was Twitter the other day that Rick Schantz and Blair Gavin are actually in Barcelona and uh, did in fact meet up with John Beccaro and you know we're we're making their ways around the the FC Barcelona compound and um, I mean that, that's you know for for Beccaro to have you know his coach come all the way from Arizona to Spain I mean it, it shows a lot and though you know. Rick's doing a complete European tour. I think, you know, the fact that he made time out of his schedule to go meet up with John, um, it just says, you know, they have a good relationship. And I think, you know, if it hasn't already been, you know, signed and, and the deal's done, they're definitely putting in the work. Uh, I mean, for Beccaro, it's really, you know, we talked about it, kind of disappointing that he didn't get that call up to the MLS because, like we were saying, we think, you know, he could become a key player for Toronto in the next couple seasons. But, um, I mean, you know... Their loss could be our huge gain, and I really, you know, he's the one player left from last season that I want to see a sign. Um, as we said, it looks like Dia won't come back, but it's all speculation, so we'll just have to wait and see. We definitely, we definitely will. Um, <clears throat> so we get a lot of those big names at the beginning. As we mentioned, uh, later on, Joe Farrell uh, signed with Phoenix Rising. Kept us waiting a little bit, but he's coming back. Um, and then we got the news that Carl's retiring. Um, nothing official announced from Duigi Mala or Jason Johnson, or Ben Spencer for that matter, but one would think that those guys are all heading out based on the lack of news so far, and certainly with Jason Johnson, based on all the attacking options that we have coming in, it's not looking highly likely that he's going to be back. And that's a shame because he's another one of those guys that's been around all three years as Phoenix Rising. And so, big shout out to him. Um, a couple things, you know, between the end of the regular or the end of the season for us and where we are now in December. Rick Schantz gets named as USL Coach of the Year, an honor that is completely deserved sets the USL single-season points record with 78 points. Even though we had a couple minor qualms with his substitution patterns in that playoff loss, the guy absolutely maximizes the talent that he has. And yes, a lot of people, especially on USL Pro, will say, well, Rick Schantz has a great squad. All he has to do is just stand there on the sidelines and the guys will take care of it themselves. What Rick Schantz has done for this club he has elevated this club to such a higher level. When he came in last year, we were a middling team in third or fourth place in the West playing a pretty uninspiring brand of ball. All he did was rally the troops together to play their best football as the stretch went down up until the last few weeks. Then he got them going again for playoffs to win our first ever Western Conference Championship and really got us into a great dogfight against Louisville City in that title match. And that was... You know, last season, we were probably on paper the third or fourth best team in USL, and he really maximized our potential in getting us there. Then this season, he implements a whole new style. We go from playing counter-attacking, um, you know, pretty defensive-minded, especially on the road, to beautiful possession baseball. There are some early struggles, but he sticks with it. How many coaches would shift their tactics to get results now? And how many front offices would put pressure on the coach to change the tactics? Well, Phoenix Rising stuck with Shantz, let him do what he needed to do, and then we reel off 20 straight wins. We go without a loss, 
for from May 4th well into September. I mean, a ridiculous amount of time. Nothing that the league has ever seen. He set the U.S. Uh, professional soccer record for most consecutive wins with 20. The previous record was 15, and that's if you counted you know, parts of two seasons for the LA Galaxy. He smashed the USL record of 10. Unbelievable season, and you have to credit a lot of that to Rick Schantz. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, um, I mean, you talked about it in that first year that he came in. You know, this team wasn't really his his guys. Um, I think last season we saw, you know, a lot of moves for him to bring in the players that he felt would best play for his, you know, or meet his style of play. And I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And, and maybe we didn't, you know, have the silverware to, to show for it from last season. Um but, I mean, like you said, 20 wins straight, it's something that we're still talking about, you know, now, four months later, and, and we'll continue to be talking about it. It's it's not going to go away. And, um, it, I mean, it's just crazy. And it's it's disappointing how the season ended. But I, I think all in all, from the body of work, um, from, you know, March, middle of end of March to November, um, Rick Schantz was the coach of the year. There's There's just no question. Yeah, I mean, people can try to make arguments for, you know, a couple guys here and there. Out in the Eastern Conference, some clubs made leaps. I mean, Tampa was doing well before they fell off a cliff at the end of the year. Um, you know, New Mexico started strong, but then they faded really bad. But there's no real argument. I mean, what Rick Schantz did winning 20 straight, any other choice would have been egregious. And then Solomon Asante gets league MVP. Solomon Asante sets the record for combined goals and assists in a USL single season. I believe that number was 39. Um, he set the Phoenix Rising single season goals record with 22. Um, he set the USL season, single season assist record. Um, so he was making a lot of history last season. Uh, and so deservedly, not too much of a discussion about it. He wins the USL MVP. Although what would have been interesting is if Adam John got all the penalty kick attempts that Solo got, Adam John could have put up over 25 goals this season. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it is, it, it's one of those things that, you know, we can speculate now, and you, you would think, you know, we've only seen a few penalties from Adam John, but you think, you know, he puts in as many as Asante did, if if not maybe a couple more that Asante uh you know, didn't have his best kick on, but, um, I mean, it's crazy and it's crazier. I think when you think, when you realize that, you know, Asante and John and Flemings will all be back in the same system that they thrived in last year. I mean, it's, it's really going to be, you know, something that there's going to be so much expectation that I hope it just doesn't get to these guys because we're all going to be thinking, you know, easily another, you know, 89 goal season, if not more, um, just with the talent that we're going to have. Yeah, and I, I do expect Solo's numbers to go down a little bit. I kind of... See, and before we signed Santi, I would have expected Junior Flemings to really take a step up and be the clear-cut best player on the squad. Now it's going to be interesting with the rotation to see whether it's more of a scoring-by-committee, creating-by-committee approach I could see a lot of guys getting double-digit goals. Maybe even four players get double-digit goals this season. But I don't think we see anyone with that humongous 20-goal season. Um, we might not even see anyone hit maybe like 17 this year. I could see you know, a couple people getting around 15 this upcoming season. Just interesting things. So you know, good on Solo for taking advantage of being put in an amazing situation this season. And really taking full advantage of it. Let's not forget he did make nine straight penalties at one point this season. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's you can't expect Asante to to replicate the kind of form that he had. He did, you know, as you said, have an amazing season. He took advantage of it. He had, you know, a lot of fire in his heart. So, I, I mean, I think it's, you know maybe a bit of a one-off for him and that he scored so many goals. Um, but I still expect him to, you know, contribute a great amount next season. You know, we may see more assists than goals from him, 
But, I mean, it, I really think he's going to have a big impact. And, you know, with these signings, with the signing of Santi Moore, as you alluded to, it's, you know, we're going to see a bit of a change, I think, as far as, you know, the personnel, personnel and how we line up, um, just because we have to have these guys on the pitch uh, all at the same time. Yeah, and I'm sure Rick Schantz is going to have a lot of fun the next couple months figuring out if we're going to stick with this 4-3-3 or if we're going to mix it up a little bit and what kind of rotation we might have with Santi Moore and Fleming's on the left wing. Are we going to move Fleming's to the right side sometimes? All these things that he'll have a lot of fun thinking about. Um, but congrats to Solo on, on the MVP season. And interestingly enough, I think... You know, some people say, look, the Fresno match, he missed the two penalties. He wasn't the same player after that. I think that strengthens his MVP case because from that match on, yeah, we were a good team, but we weren't we weren't that special team that was taking the league by storm. We were just another good team when Solo wasn't at that MVP level. When Solo was at that MVP level, he elevated us to really a level of play that had never been seen in USL before. He was that dynamic. And so I think his performances were absolutely deserving of an MVP award. If you look at the most valuable player on the squad, I mean, yes, there are some great guys in the midfield. Adam John scored a bunch of goals. Flemings came on strong at the end. But Solomon Asante was the most valuable player during that 20-match win streak, and it wasn't close. And he was the one guy that really helped us maximize our potential in setting that single-season point record. Because there were some games where he just dragged us to a win. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that that's, I mean, I'm with you 100%. And I mean, you know, the, the parallels that I'm seeing is, you know, with Lionel Messi. You know, when he's with his team, um, be it Barcelona, be it Argentina, they're completely different. The way that they play, I mean, he's always able to have, you know, his his impact on the game. Um, and I mean, it, it just shows you that, you know, when these players are on, when they're playing at their best level, um, you, you know, they're almost unstoppable. And for 20 matches, Phoenix was, and, uh, it, I mean, it, that is what an MVP is to me, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the difference maker, even on the best team, um, you know, they're able to go out there and, and be a, a notch above everyone else. And, uh, Asante was just that. Yeah. And it's very cool to see. I mean, yeah, he had all the goals, but also the assists too. So many games where he had key passes to set up goals. Um, key passes to start moves where he wasn't even credited with an assist, but it still made that difference. Um, but moving on past the uh, postseason accolades, it's just kind of nice to finally see a Western Conference team win the USL Cup. Some people dislike Mohawks more than others. Personally, I don't really have a lot of bad blood towards them. It's very frustrating that they beat us in our building twice, but I don't feel like they have dirty players. I don't think they go about it the wrong way. You know, they don't really have bad fans. And they finally slayed the dragon. They finally beat Lou City and ended their run, ended their reign of terror on this league. That was pretty fun. Oh, I, I mean, dude, it was it was so much fun to watch. And I mean, you know, when I was watching the USL final, I, you know, Louisville scored first and early. And, you know, I, I at first I was thinking, oh, geez, you know, this is it. You know, another year Louisville's just going to grind this game out and take it home. It could have been an ugly one nil. But uh, I mean, the fight that that Monarch showed was was amazing. And as you said, they're not a team. I think that uh, I mean, they're it's just not, you know, the most memorable team you know, with their players, um, with their fans, but, but I mean, they got to the final and they got it done. And as you said, brought the Western conference or the USL cup championship back to the Western conference for what the first time since like 20, since 2014. Yeah. And the first time Sacramento won it in their first season. Also the first time in USL history where a road team won the cup final. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they overcame, all the obstacles. Um, and, and I mean, you have to, you know, tip your hats to them. They they absolutely earned it. And we talked about it, you know, last episode. For my money, they were um, the second best team in the Western Conference 
no doubt. I think, you know, their fourth place standings was, was just strictly due to their bad form at times during the season. But, um, Mostly I mean, all in all, the beginning of the team, season. Yeah. Yeah. The beginning of the season. Um, but all in all, I mean, that team, they really, you know, if Phoenix didn't have, have the season that we had, uh, they would have given us a run for our money. And it, the one thing that I will say sucks is I think, you know, it would have been fun to see, you know, Phoenix and, and Monarchs in that Western conference final. Cause as I said, I think those were the two best teams, but I mean, that's the way that, you know, these USL playoffs shake out with the rankings, with the standings and the one-offs. So, um, I mean, hats off to them and, you know, we'll be coming for it next year. Definitely will. You know, shout out to El Paso too, because they, they gave Monarchs a run for their money in that Western conference final, um, scoring first on them. That became a theme for Monarchs in the playoffs. But then uh, they got a red card in the 51st minute when that match was knotted at 1-1, and they almost survived all the way to penalties uh, before Monarchs scored the winner just in the 120th minute. But uh, you also have to look at Monarchs having a historically great end to the season. You know, in their final... I'm looking at it right now. In their final 1-2-3... In their final nine matches... Um, they had one draw and eight wins. I mean, yeah. just and a lot of those were just humongous I mean, scoring performances. They had at least two goals in every single one of those matches. Yeah, I mean, those are some you know Phoenix Rising type numbers um, when you, when you just look at it, and they, they really have. I mean, the past couple of years, I can think back, um, and I think it was, I think it was 2017 that they finished top of the West, right? and then went out as the number one seed. I mean, they've, they've you know, been a team that's made these playoffs consistently, and for them to, you know, get the run that they had, I think it was great. I saw that their uh, their ownership flew out. I think it was like 100 and some of their fans um, on a private plane to Louisville. I mean, that's, you know, a class move from them right there so they could have some road fans. You know, for for them, I think it was just an amazing experience, and it's one that uh, you know us rising fans were a little bit jealous, but it's also something that we uh, we aspire for, and we know it's possible next year. Yeah, I think I think the uh, matches between them and us next season for that Four Corners Cup are going to be pretty dynamic. I mean, they already made a pretty eyebrow raising signing, uh, bringing in Sam Gallardo from Richmond Kickers. He's a 21-year-old kid with a lot of upside. You'll probably want to listen to League One Fun for a little bit more about that signing, but they are not sitting on their laurels. And uh, it's interesting, but, you know, I'm just... I know some people hate Monarchs because they have the academy here. I get that. I do. I don't love them, but it's just good to see a Western Conference team finally shut up all the Eastern Conference fans about, oh, we're the better conference oh, look at Louisville, we always crush you guys. Yeah, home field matter, it's a lot. When you don't have any interconference matches during the regular season, and then you have a one-off in freezing temperatures that the Western Conference teams aren't used to. Yeah, that kind of matters a lot. <laughs> so I don't yeah. think that's as much of a, wow, your conference is so much better, as opposed to, all right, it's a one-off match with a pretty humongous home field advantage, and things go your way i think the usl cup final last year was there for the taking unlike monarchs we were just not clinical with those opportunities their keeper made one great save you know forbes shanked a couple when they were glorious chances in the last 15 minutes but you know i don't i don't think louisville was ever this team that was just miles and miles better than the opposition they definitely turned it on in the playoffs you know kudos to the coaching and kudos to the players for that Kudos to Hacksworth for getting the guys ready, but I don't think they were such an amazing team, and so it was nice to just see them come down to earth and see their fans have to swallow some humble pie. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, you're dead on with all your points, and I mean, you know, the the playoff system in America, it's one of those things that a team can hit their form and, uh, you know, win, you know, three or four games straight and, and be crowned champions of the entire league. And, you know, that's that's really not a fair way to say, you know, you're better than everyone else um, because you haven't played everyone else. So, you know, it really is tough, I think, when people say, you know, oh, you know, the East is better than the West or, or we crushed you. 
um, you won one zero when we traveled, you know, thousands of miles. And, uh, I was there, I mean, it was like 43 degrees. I know none of our players were ready to play in that cold. So, uh, I, I, it's one of those things that it's, I think the biggest downfall of this, you know, the championship is, uh, having the home field advantage really what I would like to see is a neutral site for the finals just because I think you know like we see in in the Champions League and even in the Super Bowl it it kind of levels the playing field and uh, you see maybe a a better more evenly matched game but it's also you know we each team's worked hard all season and uh, if they get there and they earn the home field advantage I mean it's it's absolutely deserved yeah I mean one concern with that is you know, it's expensive for fans to travel on planes, especially if they yep. only have one week to plan it out. But, you know, something that I had talked to with USL Pony was the idea of a two-legged final tie. Maybe a two-legged conference final and a two-legged USL final. That way you'd get a true measure of which team is the best in this league because, you know, if you're both traveling, you know, for one match... The home field advantage uh, dimension kind of gets minimized. It kind of gets neutralized, and so you really see who the better team is over two legs. And yeah, I guess there's some transportation costs, but I I would feel like that's offset by increased profits. Um, you know, from another highly anticipated home match. Um, I don't know how the TV would work with that. Maybe that's a concern. Um, but I don't know. That's just that's just my thought. But we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, going back to Phoenix Rising, though, we have a lot of guys already announced to come back. A few guys that officially announced that they were leaving. <clears throat> and then we get to, before we get the signings this week, Phoenix Rising announces that Stephen Cook, former head coach for Oklahoma City, um, is the technical director of the youth academies of player development. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for me, I mean, you know, this isn't, you know, maybe one of the the, si- the signings or announcements that, you know, gets all the eyes on Phoenix. But uh, I mean, for me, you know, for a soccer nerd, this is what you want to see. And, you know, to bring someone in who has ties to the Valley, I believe Steve Cook was part of the Sereno and one other um, club here in in locally in phoenix before he went on to to coach professionally so the guys you know has experience here in the valley he's a close friend of rick shantz um i mean this is what we want this is how you develop the club organically this is how you make phoenix a soccer city um and i I just you know i'm really just going to be looking forward you know seeing more out of these leagues seeing you know some of these players that we're able to develop and bring in i mean this is it's so huge and it may not pay dividends next year but i think in five years um steve cook's going to be you know an integral part of phoenix rising and we're going to see a lot of players coming out of our academy that uh you know we're going to be very proud to call our own yeah it's a big step in the right direction as far as building our academy up, being an attractive destination for a lot of strong young players in the state of Arizona uh, to come and hone their craft. Dude has amazing experience locally and coaching at the USL level. I mean, who wouldn't want to put their kid in that kind of situation where they're really being prepared to succeed? Um, so that was a, that was very exciting. But then we get to the big stuff. On Wednesday... Sam Dorr teased us the night before. He said, get on that Phoenix Rising app five minutes early. We're going to be announcing a signing that's going to set USL Twitter on fire. And usually when he says that there's going to be smoke, there ends up being fire. You know, he does. uh, We end up signing Santi Moore from from New Mexico United. I can't even talk right. That's how amazing this is. Uh, The guy ravaged our defense in the matchup in Phoenix back in March, ended the USL season with 12 goals. I don't know his assist number, but um, quite a few assists too. And figures to be a dynamic addition to the Phoenix Rising squad. I I mean, I was just looking to see how many assists he had last year. Uh, Six assists with New Mexico United. And uh, yeah, I mean, this signing absolutely blew up USL Twitter. And um, 
I mean, you know, we talked about it. He was the one player who I said, if we could sign any, you know, player in the USL, who would you get? Um, and I had no inside knowledge. It was all just luck. You know, <laughs> he was top of my list and, and, you know, apparently the top of Bobby Dooley and, and uh, Rick Schatz as well. So, I mean, it's so amazing. And, and really, I think, you know, this shows how highly regarded Phoenix Rising is within the league to these players. Um, Moore had his pick. He could have gone to any club within the USL, um, and he chose to come to Phoenix, and I think that says a lot. And, you know, we've uh, we've had to let a few of our players go to New Mexico, but it's nice that we've been able to uh, bring one across the border now. And, you know, I, I know these New Mexico United fans are going to be a little bit bitter seeing Santee in, in Rising Red next year, but uh, it's going to look damn good on him. Yeah, and I think most fans handled it pretty well. Um, our favorite, who I blocked on the the Rising as one Twitter, did not. <laughs> but you know what? I think the majority of that fan base handled it pretty well. And just because we're in the spirit of Christmas, Santi Moore is coming to town. Um, <laughs> before we get any further, I, w- I was thinking about singing that song with Santi Moore coming to town, and then I, I decided to spare you guys, but... Here's Rick Schantz's thoughts on what Santi brings to this team and, and why he's so excited about bringing him to the fold. This is two and a half minutes. Hi, this is Rick Schantz with Phoenix Rising FC, and I'm back for another Rising Insight. If you didn't think our offense could get any better uh, from last year and scoring 89 goals, I've got some exciting news for you. The recent player that we just signed and added to our team is Santi Moir. came to us from New Mexico United. Take notes, Santi Moir. So let's not do all the more. Also, I love how Rick Schantz looks on these. He looks like he's uh, like on a weird commercial. It's great. Really excited to add a player like Santi, primarily because I was sick and tired of him seeing score, score goals against us. Uh, he, uh, Santi brings so much to the table. He's a really, really good guy. This was not an easy decision for him. Uh, he, he's quality character. He's a great leader, um, but he, he really brings something special to the, to the table for Phoenix Rising. His one v one attacking is probably one of the best in the league. Uh, he can break down defenders. He can cut inside. He can go to his left foot. Um, can play on both sides. He could play as a number ten. We're really excited to have a player like Santi. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna make it difficult for opposing defenses to be worried about uh, Santi Junior, Adam Solo, and and the other players that we have in the attacking department. Um, a first touch, amazing first touch. So a lot of players, young kids, need to watch this guy win. Uh, Filthy goal against Salt Lake, pressure, much like Solo Asante last year, and what against do you do us. With that first touch can set up a defender. Do you move him to his his weak foot? Do you do you move him inside first? But uh, not just stopping the ball for control, but using that first touch to actually move the player or to move the opponents in a way that you want to set them up for something else. And, and that's one of the big strengths of Santi. Uh, not only that, his competitiveness and his leadership. Uh, coaching against him was was uh, just a nightmare because every game you knew if we took a lead or, or it was a really intense moment, you, you knew you could... You could count on Santi to do something to kind of ruin my smile. And um, I, I just can't say enough about the guy. I'm very excited. He was our number one target going into the off season, And uh, we're really, really fortunate to add Santi Mara to our team. Uh, with a player like this and, and with the addition in the midfield and the guys that we have and, and our number nine, we now can have our fullback come higher. And with a player like Santi, can move into... Uh, the half space between the fullback and, and the center back. It allows our midfielder to drop back to pick up the ball, but it creates some rotation in a triangle out wide, which is something that we like to do often. Uh, if we don't get that situation and you have Santi 1v1 out here, because he's so good, it's going to require that team send out a player, possibly even drop a second guy in to stop him from cutting inside. At that point, it allows us to drop the ball back possibly get in a situation where we have 1v1 on the far side of the field. Many, many times this past year we would get in these situations and we were a little bit slow to switch the point of attack, but I can't wait to see what we do this year with the addition of Santi. He cracked about as big a smile as you'll ever see him crack at the end of that. 
Yeah, and it, rightfully so. I mean, you got to think. I mean, I, I know it. You know, you hear Rick Johnson how how excited he is talking about it. And um, I, I mean, the one thing I want to go back and and talk about was you know when he mentioned Santi, you know, on the left playing a ten, on the right, I, I think you know really. There's room for, you know, Flemings to start out on the left, Adam John up top, Asante in the middle. I, I mean, there, there we have, you know, all the space. I, I really, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of rotation. We're going to see, you know, mid-game even, these players are going to shift where they're playing. Um, it, it, there's going to be so much fun, fun in, I mean, for these, you know, these coaches. They, they've just got to have a grin from ear to ear because they know exactly what they're going to be able to, to make um, – you know, with this team, they're gonna they're they're gonna be unstoppable. I feel like preseason. I think we might you know have some difficult moments. We we've seen it in the past. Rick likes to tinker, and against these MLS teams, I mean, when you do that and you make one small mistake or somebody's out of position, you get punished. But I think when it comes to the to the season, um, I mean, it, it's just gonna be amazing. And, and Santi, I uh, I really hope that he's a player that you know gets invested in this community and we make him feel at home because. Um, I could see him, you know, sticking around uh, for another year or two if we can make this first one great. Yeah, and there are a couple interesting angles from this signing. You know, one angle is there was there were, and we didn't even mention this in our in our timeline recap of what's been going on the last month. Um, there were a couple articles out there. One of them saying that Didier Drogba was telling Chelsea to take a look at at uh, Junior Flemings and Kevin Lambert, and then that a few other teams were interested. A few mid-table teams um, were interested in those guys. Well, if there's any smoke to those rumors, we're still good because we can put Santi Moar right in that spot where Flemings is. So we have that depth that's going to keep us from being, you know, really wounded if we get an offer for one of our dynamic attacking options. The other thing is, it gives us the depth to really go toe-to-toe with MLS squads in the Open Cup, should we make it that far. The Open Cup has been a disaster for this club for several years. And I'm sure that that has to grind on the coaching staff a little bit. You know, our fan base has always said, you know, it's about the league, it's about the league. Open Cup doesn't matter that much. But, come on, in the back of everyone's mind, you want to be doing a lot better in that cup than what we've been doing the last few years. And it would be fun to have a club like in LA Galaxy or Real Salt Lake in our building and have a legitimate chance to beat them without tanking our USL season. And that's what Sante Moar brings because now we have so many options. We can rest Solo Asante for that match. We can rest uh, Junior Flemings and start Sante and we're still going to be all right. We still have that dynamic attacking threat. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, you know, like you said, um, some fans have placed emphasis on the league over the Open Cup, but uh, I mean, if you know, you have any ill will towards Don Garber, what better way than to have one of his uh, his children come into our house and we beat up on him? Rising One Podcast is sponsored by the Arizona Sports Complex, home of the North Phoenix Soccer League, Summer Futsal, Box Lacrosse League, and Summer High School Advanced League. Please visit the Arizona Sports Complex and tell them the Rising is One Podcast sent you. This episode is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items just yourself and your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price from other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks also to the Beautiful Game Network and all the other excellent podcasts that you can find covering soccer and all things USL. All right, little bit of technical difficulties there, but we are back. 
Um, Kyle was making the eloquent point that it would be great for one of those MLS clubs to come in our building and be shown a bad time by Phoenix Rising and all that we have to offer. Um, and and Santi Morar, Santi Morar gives us the opportunity to do that. We still have another signing to talk about, though. Yeah, I was just going to say, we're not done yet. Do you want to announce this one, or, or should I do it? I, I will try. Um, I, I need to read his name first real quick. So we we signed from Orange County. You know, I, I have to say that with a smile. Um, a defender, a Wusu Ansa Contour. And, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, wasn't too aware of Contour. I mean, we'd seen him a couple times. Um, he, he even played in that match against Rising in OC. But uh, he's a player that, you know, going back and watching the film, he's a tough guy. I mean, he's he's got speed on the wing, but the way that he goes into tackles and wins it kind of reminds me of a Duigi Mala. And, um, I mean, that has to be his African roots, I think, coming from Ghana, um, one of Solomon Asante's compatriots. I, I, I know that Asante was in his ear. It actually even says that, uh, you know, Asante was telling him how special Phoenix Rising is, especially the support and he can't wait to give everything for the club and the fans and um he this signing i think you know this was kind of the the clue that you know it does look like amadou dia will not be back next year um contour is a left back and we already have jornathan as we said so really looks like we shored up that spot but i mean for me he's a player who might not contribute as much in the attack as dia did but um, to shore up our defense with a guy who's played in Europe as well, uh, I mean, really, you know, this is a big signing. Not not a marquee signing, maybe, but, I mean, he's going to make uh, make a big impact in that back line next year. No doubt about it. And uh, let's hear from Rick Schantz. Let's hear his thoughts on this. This one's a little shorter. Hi, I'm Coach Rick Schantz with Phoenix Rising FC, and we're back again for another Rising Insight. Today we're going to focus on our new signing at left back, Owusu Ansa Kantor. Owusu was at Orange County last year, and he's a great player. We're super excited to have him. Uh, he's got some really tremendous qualities, and, and some that I'd like to point out are you know, primarily he's, he's very aggressive and athletic. He's a good ball winner, steps in, intercepts passes, uh, very good in the tackle. He's strong. He's very very tenacious, the kind of player that we're looking for in our defense. He's also a very good passer of the ball. Uh, Wusu is, is very calm, got a good first touch. He can find the midfield. He can find attacking players. Oh, what a first time. And, and use that beautiful left foot to whip in some fantastic crosses. Uh, a big key for us defensively uh, for the future is our transitional moments. You know, when we lose the ball, uh, how quickly can we win it back? Can we step Very Musa-esque long balls. Not let them get out on, on any sort of a break for against us. And if they do, uh, do we have the athleticism and ability to, to run down the field and, and stop them in those attacking moments? What we really like about Owusu and, and, um, is going forward, when he's able to keep the width for us, he's very good when he receives the ball. Uh, if if Junior Flemings or, or our left-sided player were to come inside, our midfielder drops and maybe one steps forward, our forward slides across. There's a lot of movement happening here, and it's very important that this person makes a quick decision, uh, as does our right back and our left back. Oftentimes, teams will try to trap you on the sideline, so you have to be able to make quick decisions and, and not hold on to the ball too long, and that's one of the things that we find Owusu does very well is He's very calm and composed in the past. Um, I'm super excited. He, he's going to bring some some things that we haven't seen before in our team at left back. But another thing that, that is, is very, very rare is Owusu has one of the longest throw-ins in the league, and he can pick up the ball and chuck it 40 to 50 yards. And uh, anytime it's out of bounds or out of play, we can have an attacking moment just from that. Uh, I can't wait to see him join our team and, and get after it in preseason with us. And, with the addition of Owusu, we also have Kyle Bjornathan. We feel very excited about our passing from the outside back position. Yeah, very, very interesting signing. This guy actually played in the first division of the Greek Super League um, for AEL. 
So this dude has played at a very high level. Um, I don't know if he actually got to get like any Europa League experience or something like that, but um, he played in Europe. He was playing in Serbia before that. And then a couple seasons with Orange County, he was part of that number one in the regular season uh, Orange County side from 2018. And, you know, when I see the clips of him, he really does have that aggressive, tenacious, ball-winning style that for all the good that Amadou Dia brings, he's very athletic. He can really get up on the wing. Um, he's a more dynamic guy moving forward, and he seems to have a nose for the ball clearing. He wasn't really a great ball winner, but Contour, he'll get in there and he'll win the ball, and that's that's something you see. You know, as Rick mentioned too, um, in that clip, he has some great long balls, very AJ Cochran esque, very James Musa esque. He can put a ball on a string for 35, 40 yards, and really kickstart the attack in that way. Um, if he gets up the left wing. He can probably put in some good crosses. I don't know how frequently we'll see that. I don't expect him to be up quite as frequently as Amadou Dia, but he's shown that capability. Um, so he's he's a great guy, but I think especially he's more of that like defensive rock on the left side. Whereas Dia's great, and he's more dynamic, and he's, he's more of that athletic guy, but Contour is just a rock, and he's going to be our opening opening night starting left back you know even though Bjornton will see some time during the season Contour is going to be our starter barring injuries yeah yeah I'm with you 100% and you know you mentioned that he may not be getting you know up as far um, into the attack as Dia did but I mean my god when you look at those throw-ins dude he doesn't even need to he can be standing from you know our 18 yard box and throw it up to midfield it's going to be ridiculous and i'm you know really looking forward to that because that's going to bring you know like like rick said something that we haven't had um is that long throw and you know with adam john creeping in the box uh kevin lambert you know on the far post there's going to be a lot of opportunity for long throw-ins this year yeah and i remember a couple of those oc matches where they're down by a goal in the late stages and you'd you'd hold your breath because the dude would put in ridiculous throw-ins. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's great to have that opportunity, that option, because it creates more set pieces, basically. And we have guys in the box like Adam John that feast on those opportunities for headers. You know, if Joey Farrell's in, he loves those chances too. Yep. So it's just yeah. another, it's another attacking dimension um, in addition to him just being a rock in the... Uh, on the left wing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really like this signing the more and more we look at it and we, and we see, you know, the way he plays. And, um, I mean, you know, just another Ghanaian on our team, you know, it's going to make Solomon Asante feel more at home and, uh, it's going to be great. It really, you know, will be another, you know, just another piece to this puzzle that's coming together quite nicely. Yeah. And I, I think that just about does it for our recap of what's gone in the gone on in the last month with Phoenix Rising. Um, I think a couple guys are nominated for goal of the season and save of the season. So if that's your thing, go vote for them. I don't really care about those votes much anymore after uh, you know the season where Junior Fleming's got robbed for USL <laughs> best goal, and then Solo Asante wasn't even the player of the month in like June this season when he was just going off. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really care about those votes as much anymore. But if that's your thing, go for that. Have we missed anything? No, no, not that. I, well, actually, the one thing that uh, that we didn't talk about, you know, it's it's not necessarily on the pitch um, for us, but Phoenix Rising has now partnered with Ability Three Sixty. Um, that I mean, you know, that is just the involvement that this club has um it, it's amazing and it's for me it's you know something that being a local um here from the valley it's something that i've always wanted i don't think that we get enough of it with some of our other professional sports teams um they, they may be invested in the high profile you know businesses and, and programs around here in the valley but 
And the way that Phoenix does it, I mean, it, it's anything that's a good cause. They want to slap their badge on it. And, um, I mean, this this is just another part of the Phoenix Rising Soccer family. And I look forward to, you know, them promoting the Ability360 program and, you know, hopefully uh, us Rising fans uh, being able to go out there and, you know, form our own supporter section at some of their games. Yeah, that's a great partnership. And I really do look to see a lot of the fans go to those games make an impact, support the local scene, but also support a great cause while doing it. Um, I think that's the big stuff. I mean, Rick Schantz is out in Barcelona right now. Uh, he saw Messi score today, so good for him. Not jealous oh at all. Oh, my gosh. Did you see that Luis Suarez goal? No. A backheel chip? Oh, oh, you need to watch it. And <sighs> Ray Hudson on the call. It. it unreal one of those goals that it, i i don't know how he how these players do do what they do they make it look like they're you know in the living room just playing around with their children they make it just look so easy it's uh i mean rick Schantz, i mean what a treat i'm uh i gotta say as a barcelona fan i know i know but uh, i'm very jealous that he got to be at the new camp and witness that today on the hodgson magisterial scale is this magisterial or magisterial i would say magisterial because if i recall correctly he says uh suarez scoops it up like a spoon and it, absolutely what he does with it i mean it's ray hudson i, I, I what a gem for for american soccer <laughs> gosh we need him to broadcast usl oh oh no don't don't get me going <laughs> Hey, no, no, November's done. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we're really losing the plot. So let's let's get this thing done. Um, what's your final thought from the last month? Uh, can this season just come back? I mean, it's been nice to, you know, have a little downtime on the weekends and, and uh, get to hang with the family. But I'm just ready to get back to Phoenix Rising's or casino arizona field and uh and i just this is going to be so exciting i mean let's let's bring some mls teams in for preseason uh let's you know make this mobile mini sun cup the best ever and let's just let's just get it going i i don't want to wait another three months no me neither i uh, scooped up some black friday stuff um cool deals and i kind of want to leave everyone with this song because we just signed Santi Moir, but everyone's going to make great more puns, so. Billy Idol, Rebel Yell. I mean, he did kind of rebel by leaving New Mexico to Phoenix, so kind of fits. <laughs> oh. Don't worry, the good stuff's coming soon. New Mexico fans better be praying right now. Okay, we're going to have to incorporate that into some of our episodes next season. But, man, that's a great signing. And the fact that it came from New Mexico just makes it that much sweeter. Um, I think we're all in a really good mood right now. Oh, man. I, I just can't wait till we, you know, are, are just belting that at the top of our lungs in the south end. Uh, there's going to be no doubt in my mind, you know, the, the supporter songs are going to be amazing. And, uh, I mean, it, there's just so much to look forward to. Um, I mean, we're just going to have so much more this year. Yeah, so this will do it for today. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a Christmas-themed episode. Maybe what's on the wish list, who's been naughty, who's been nice, stuff like that. Uh, but for the time being, enjoy the uprising. 
Uh, thank you for Rising as One. I guess we're doing the Rising as One now this year. And uh, shout out to Ashley Oriana, Phoenix Rising photographer, for starting her own uh, sports photography page. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big shout out. I mean, the the, the amazing photos that Ashley's taken. We've we've all seen them. Um, but now, you know, we can put a face to the photos and, you know, go follow her and, and show your support because, uh, I mean, they make this team look uh, look amazing. And Aaron, when you're listening to this while you're editing, she's got a website and you don't. That's a one <laughs> scoreline right there. Step your game up. Oh, man, below the belt. <laughs> hey, he does that stuff for me, so I got to come too. I'm in off-season. Oh, no, I- I'm in off-season mode right now. <laughs> hey, I mean, he couldn't even be here with us to record, so, we, I mean, we got it. We got to get on him a little bit. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We're totally losing it now. Um, enjoy the rising as one, and we look forward to coming back in a couple of weeks. Yep. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>